0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael.
1: All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
2: Hello, everybody, especially especially to you, John Wilner, with the San Jose Mercury News. I know you're listening. Bank. John Wilner, in, right in case y'all didn't know, he voted, he's the sole voter for Texas Tech in the latest AP poll. He had Texas Tech ranked 24th. So hello everybody. Hello, John Wilner. Hello, Spencer. I'm sorry that we both will be talking with a lot of west texas in our sinuses (laughs) this entire podcast
1: don't know what it was over the weekend it's like (sighs) right into your face it's like (laughs) sneeze for a couple days i feel like i got another sinus infection like like i just got over one
2: i did yard work all day yesterday so i think that's what i'm gonna blame it on for me not all day but most of it
1: so it was last weekend. I was over at my uh, my in law's house. My brother in law lives out in Abernathy. We got there a little early. He's like, "Hey, let's take this gator out and go r- run around for a minute." I was like, "Cool, whatever." I, I was driving around and I was going around the back of his property. He was riding with me. He's like, "Hey, don't drive through this field." But we were already like halfway through it. I was like, well, "Okay." It was a field of ragweed. Like mm. five, six feet tall. And like we were just hitting it. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. 30 seconds And it was like, Hacha, Hacha, <laughs> And then it was like, I was talking like, well, we, we made a wrong turn. <laughs> I was like, thanks for you the heads up, man. <laughs> but so Friday, thinking we were going out of town, we, we had plans to go out of town this past week. And Friday, I was getting yard work done. My back alley, same, same kind of thing, had real tall ragweed. I was like, I'm ready. I, I I took my my allergy medicine beforehand. I thought about putting like a mask on, like a little respirator to keep the most dust mm-hmm. out of my face. I'm not that one I'm not done much, but I went out there with a weed eater, just chopped it all down. I wasn't trying to like hit the the pollen head where it was just like making <laughs> dust. I was hit like real yeah. low to the ground. Make it rain, baby. And then afterwards like well, I didn't sneeze, so I don't feel too bad. But I don't know if was Saturday or Sunday, it was just like just attacked me. Anyways. You just gotta let it sit in. West Texas forever. Worth it. Michael, if we're you gonna you don't
2: love me yet, my allergies. You don't deserve me at My perfect fall evening in October.
1: Yeah, definitely three minutes of allergy talk. That's not, that's not the kind of podcast. We're talking about Texas Tech football. We're going to talk about a couple of final points from Houston. We had um, some big 12 awards slash recognitions for this, this week. A, you mentioned AP voter voted Texas Tech in the top 25 and just some updates on things we told you to watch for in the game. Now that we're not. Doing it on the fly. We've got some, some comparisons to look at. And then get you ready for SFA coming in town this weekend. Got your first home game, the 2021 season. Get you our preview, our predictions, our score predictions. Michael and I are a little close. I will uh I will say again, I called 38 points last week against Houston. If I if, if I go two for two, man gonna be feeling it and totally miss it the next week. <laughs> totally redeem yourself.
2: I can only hope so. I can only hope that you miss it because I I eh, I should have had more I should have had more confidence in the Red Raiders in my Houston score.
1: But oh well. I'm learning. I'm learning as we go. To be fair, they hit that last touchdown with like a minute to go. It's true. And then we're gonna look across the Big 12 at some of the lines that have come out already some interesting games, a lot of big 12 FCS competition this weekend. And then one pick to get you ready for next weekend. So
2: I know I'm pretty excited about that one. I saw that. I saw you throw that in there randomly
1: to keep up with us. I think we're getting a lot more active on, on, on the Twitter, hit us up at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts punts suck. Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Also on Instagram. If you are looking for some pregame entertainment, Michael and I are on with Rob Rose College Tailgate. Saturdays 10 to noon. It's live in Lubbock on Talk 103.9 FM, 1340 AM. AM 960 down in San Angelo or online at KKAM.com. We got our
2: first show this week. It was just, it was like we never left.
1: Yeah, we're we're gonna give you about an hour and a half of college football talk and updates with some Texas Tech sprinkled in, and then a full on preview last thirty minutes or so.
2: Yeah, so so definitely tune in uh, every week, every Saturday. We've got a static time this year at ten a.m. So you will have had your coffee, gone out and picked up your kolaches or, or klobasniks. If we're getting technical. And I'm sure I mispronounced that, but you know what I mean. You've got plenty of time to pick those up, settle in, tend to noon, hang out with me and Spencer and Rob.
1: You know where else you can hang out with us, Michael? Spotify Green Room. Oh, that's right. Post game instant reaction. Spotify Green Room is the place to be. It's a live audio only sports talk platform. Free to download and to use. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. <clears throat> Excuse me. Spotify Green Room is a free audio only social media platform for sports fans. Talk with us, sports fans, other, other fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with us. Have a chance to be featured on our 23 personnel post game history reaction podcast. It's a mouthful. We'll be hosting rooms every week. Thirty minutes or so after the final whistle of the games, come through and talk with us live. I want to make sure that one if you're going to the game, got time to get out of the stadium, get settled, and then for stats to be finalized, for Michael and I to get our thoughts together. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS and Android Google app stores create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. Follow me at Spencer Rogers and at Michael McDonald to be notified when we go live. Like I said, we'll be going live Spotify green room this Saturday. Again, another late evening, probably about 10 15. Come with your spiciest takes,
2: Man, that got me ready to talk some football. Are you ready to talk some football? Dude, let's do it.
0: get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle, he's got running room at the 30, the 35-40, he's the midfield, the 45-40, he may go, 25-10, touchdown Red Raiders! Davis went to freshman, screen, underneath there, <laughs> <laughs> breaks the tackle, still, off the sideline, turns on the juice, Touchdown. O'Harrell in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. My he breaks. Oh, he's going the Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Red Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the
1: scoring begin. So I know you weren't in my head right there, Michael. But I'm going to tell you what I was thinking that time I heard Sonny Cumbie on that call.
2: I know. Our, our thoughts always trail somewhere. Okay. What were you thinking?
1: Did you see the video? In the post-game locker room of him leading the school song. Ed, was, Ed Houston? Yes. This no. past weekend. I don't know how I missed that. It was like the last line. Anyways, it's, good, it's a good little video. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it real quick and put it in the show notes for you to watch later. All right. And then for you fans, follow along over on taking the Plains to, uh, to link on over. Click in it, go watch it. You haven't seen it already. So, well, excuse me. Um, Wanted to talk briefly about a couple last points we wanted to make from the Houston game. One had a couple of guys receive Big 12 honors. Rico Jeffers named Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week and was graded as the number one linebacker in the country by pfp this weekend
2: yeah hat tip to the gambling gauchos for bringing that to our attention also check out their podcast but uh yeah going twice a week now
1: do what they're going twice a week these days
2: yep they've they've got one out as of today today's tuesday i think they put it out yesterday maybe or recorded yesterday and so they'll have another one on friday but um yeah rico jeffers graded out as the number one linebacker in the country and then Also, Texas Tech had three safeties in the top 40 nationally. And those three safeties are Reggie Pearson, Eric Monroe, and Marquise Muddy Waters. And of course, I think, did Pearson have an interception and Monroe had an interception? Yes, they did. I'd particularly remember Monroe's because that was the one where he dove on the ground instinctively as the ball just bounced out of a receiver's hands. It was... It was crazy. It was crazy to to think that anyone could could do that. But um, yeah. So nice to see those guys get recognized. You've got in here too. Reggie Pearson was also named the Big Twelve newcomer of the week. So Texas Tech gets two of the, I guess the Big Three, Big Twelve.
1: They got snubbed from getting the clean sweep. Eric Azukama should have been offensive player of the week. They gave it to Bijan Robinson, running back from Texas. Probably just to Who make sure really, really good. <laughs> Probably just to make sure there wasn't a clean sweep for Texas Tech there. Because I mean, how could they get all three? No, it's not gonna happen. But yeah, that's true. Eric Azukanma leads the country in yards per game. He is second in the country in total yards. Guys number one and three have already played two games. Oh my gosh. Well,
2: I mean, he had what, 179 or yep. 180? 180. That is a up. lot. That is a lot in one game.
1: <laughs> also, something to look at. <clears throat> Taj Brooks got the Earl Campbell Award award, honorable mention for week one. So they give out an award guys, at the end of the year. He was he got the honorable mention for this first week. Guys, this is a good sign. I'm
2: I'm surprised to see it. I you know, we got kind of spoiled to seeing it in basketball here and there. <laughs> It seemed like there was a Red Raider in the mix every week. And baseball. Yeah, uh, baseball too, just being named that. Um, but it just does not happen as much in football. So to to be able to have a couple of them in the mix already, I hope that that's a good sign of, of things to come.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay, so remember back Saturday evening, Michael, you said, man, it sure feels great to be on the opposite end of a meltdown. Yes. At... Not at not the beginning of the third quarter. Early in the third quarter, Houston had an 88.8% chance of winning the game. It was 21-7. to 7. It was a 14-point lead with almost 30 minutes left. They had nearly a 90% chance to win that game.
2: I didn't know it was that high. I remember seeing the graph, and it had dipped down considerably, but I didn't realize it was that so close.
1: I saw the graph. And I was like, wow, that, that is like... I I didn't expect it to be that much in favor of Houston. So I like scrolled through really slowly Mm. and I found it. It was like a second and 20 after an incompletion from Shuck to somebody. I was like, then it like dropped to 88.8. I was like, Ooh, that's not good. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) as you know, Texas Tech goes on to score 31 unanswered points to end the game. That marked the largest halftime deficit overcome by the Red Raiders since the 2008 Gator Bowl.
2: Oh, yeah. Was that when... um, Against Virginia? Virginia. Yeah. Remember watching that. I watched that at a friend's lake house on a very small TV. It was great. I'm not being sarcastic. It was a lot of fun because we were at the lake house. (laughs) Who cares?
1: You were at the lake house in January, so... Well, it was nice. Enough. (laughs) It's nice. (laughs) All right. The other thing, this is also from Gambling Goucher, so a lot of the points I'm making, I want you to know I stole from them. Okay. Also needs you know that you should go listen. You should go listen to them. That's great. On Houston's three scoring drives, Houston was that's when they picked up the majority of their offensive yards. They gave up. They had a 204 yards on three drives. Two of them back to back, and then one a couple drives later. They had 11 other drives in the game. 14 total drives. Of the 11 other drives when they did not score, Michael. Texas Tech only gave up 47 yards. That six, makes sense. Six of those 11 drives had zero or fewer yards. There were a couple yards, a uh, couple drives that went backwards.
2: Well, they, um, well, when you throw the ball to the other team four times <laughs> and you, uh, let's see, then you punt, and it, yeah, it just that kind of makes sense because it the only success that they consistently had was in the first half, obviously, and then those first two drives. But man, it, it's still crazy to see that Tech was able to pretty much shut them down outside of those three scoring drives. Um, you know, scoring drives aren't good. They also, I think Tech did allow what was it four fourth downs. I think, I think I saw a stat that Houston was four for four on fourth downs. Now I know that the, the think, two fourth downs in the first drive were the big ones that everybody remembers, but
1: and I think they were all like I, fourth and one and Colin schooler mentioned that. I don't know if he had a chance to watch the, the weekly press conference. He mentioned those fourth downs. He's like, he's like really when it's fourth and one and you're like, you're allowed to do the, the Bush push these days, like it's hard to stop that, right? Like, like there's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like, you need to have your success earlier on and not be reliant on second and third and short, right? Like you don't need to allow them to get to second and four, third and one, and then hope your defense stands and denies them that three feet. So he's like, you know, we gave up those fourth down conversions. And there were like one yard pickups, but he did say, and that was one of the things that, that I picked up on. He's like, we gave up like 40 yards in all of the second half. And he said, there wasn't any kind of defensive adjustments There was like believing that we were doing the right things and being in the right place. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yes, there, there was a little bit of settling of nerves. It was first game for all, all the transfers, everybody playing together for the first time being on the road and NFL stadium. Like we needed to focus. That's what it sounded like he was getting. like, we just weren't as focused. And when that kind of settled down, obviously you saw the result. Against Houston,
2: well, Tech was able to do just that. Holgerson himself, a man of many words, he he admitted they wore us out. That was his exact quote, and I think that's exactly what happened. It yeah. seemed it it, I, it was just such a drastic change, you know, mentally for me, because our Slack chat's a lot more freewheeling than the yeah, than what I share on Twitter. <laughs> So I think a lot of us were kind of, oh, oh boy, this is, we're in for another rough one. What is going on? The, the strength and conditioning coaches, what, what if I thought they had really achieved some stuff, but, but yeah, they had because in the third and fourth quarter, these, the same rotation of, you know, two deep r- roughly are still out there and still playing and still performing well and exhibiting that they are. definitely in game shape in Houston. Right. Of course it was inside, but
1: you know, Houston's
2: just rough.
1: Yeah. Like, and my biggest concern at the end of the first quarter was like the defense is going to be worn out, right? Like you've already been on the field for 30 something plays, not good to set up for the rest of the game, but we saw at the end of the game, the end of the game, you had 11 guys flying to the ball. Like Houston was defeated absolutely, and worn down. And Texas Tech was still flying all over the field. like they were not they didn't fade the way you've seen other Texas Tech teams fade down the stretch
2: well, and to you know give the offense some credit too, neither the offense nor the defense panicked. No. nobody seemed to panic. Everybody was just calm as a cucumber now all the fans panicked
1: oh for sure i was, was I like panicked a little
2: pushed bit. we around were all by, panicking
1: <laughs> we're getting pushed around we, by houston
2: yeah we weren't predicting oh yeah well not only is tech going to come out and win this but they're they're going to score 38 points in the process I'm like what no no one was predicting that but that was just really impressive to me to see that resolve and just like like schooler was saying apparently in the press conference just continue to do what you're doing be in the right spot, make the play. Uh, hopefully this is something that we'll just, um, they'll be able to build on the rest of the year.
1: Yeah. So wrapping up some stats, players of the game or not players in game play players. We, we told you to look out for obviously quarterback Clayton tune. We told you not a great passer, 60% completion, 256 yards a game, 10 interceptions to 15 touchdowns against tech, 71% completion. 174 yards, four interceptions, two touchdowns. the 71 percent though, it worked out to something like four yards per completion. It wasn't even a good rushing yard per attempt and this was a this was a, a, a passing game. The, the passing yards they got were all around the line of scrimmage. There were very few down in. Field, but you had one blown assignment which was the, the second touchdown where on the replay from the end zone that the defensive back is pointing like he's, he's, he's passing his guy off to somebody else. There was nobody mm. else back. <laughs> so like that was a miscommunication. There weren't big plays down the field. They tried. And when they did, like there were guys in place to either defend it or there was pressure on tune to where it wasn't an accurate pass. Um, He ran for about as much as he, as he did the average last year, 32 yards a game last year against tech. He had 28. Receivers, Tate Dell, uh, the little guy, you know, 29 receptions, 430 yards, 14 or 15 yards per catch last season. This uh, this week, seven receptions for 80 yards, so that yards per catch went way down, just, ab- just above 10 for one touchdown. Kashawn Carter, because we just want to point that out, one catch, nine yards. Tejon Henry, who was not listed, played quite a bit. As a running back, two carries. I think he caught
2: a pass too, or he was at least targeted. I'm, I'm not sure.
1: I think he did catch a pass. He had two carries on the night, minus two yards, which was funny. Gambling Gauchos had a, a prop bet said, "Who's going to rush for more yards? So Roger Thompson or Tejon Henry." It's Roger Thompson, <laughs> without playing, still beat Tajon Henry because he had yeah. n- negative two yards, and obviously our score prediction. Final score is 38, 21. Michael had 35, 31. I had 38, 31. We're both a little too generous with how many points we allow the defense to give up. But if, if we're going to get a defense that allows fewer than 30 points per game, you gotta start by allowing fewer than 30 points per game. 21. Good place to start.
2: Yeah. I was a little worried about the, not, you know, super worried. as it went on, because three weeks ago, I, I think I said on the podcast that we'd lose game one. And then yep. I came around to, no, I think Tech's going to win it. But I was still worried about the running game. I thought that um was going to give him some trouble. Uh, you know, the Jones, that cornerback, won all sorts of awards. He's really athletic, but he could not handle azukama everybody's going to have trouble handling as a comma if if this kid couldn't so i i i stand corrected on a lot of things <laughs> but i'm hopeful and uh, hopefully we're going to learn some more
1: so i'm 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 thinking back he mentioned Marcus Jones again i'm thinking to the uh the pregame press conference going into week 1 um Tony Bradford on defense said we had to be ready for anything. Like we have to be ready for Holgerson to do something on offense. He hasn't shown before. And we saw that mm-hmm. they played Marcus Jones, their all-star cornerback on offense. And he caught like three passes. That's right. For yes. For like did. six yards. And they did it in a way that like they were trying to get him the ball and then get blockers in front of him to kind of simulate like a, a kick or punt return. Like it wasn't like he was running deep routes or over the middle or something. They were trying to get the ball in his hands and let him do what he does, which is what we saw Holgerson do with T- Tavon Austin several years yeah, ago, right. West Virginia, which was a much more successful realignment of position, but that was offense to offense. This is defense to offense. Um, but all right, Steven of Austin. So not much to preview here, one, it's an FSS, FCS team. There isn't even a line here, so I, we can't even tell you what what the what the experts are saying. Our experts, again, Gambling Gaucho said thirty four and a half points. Michael and I both took the over. Sorry, both picked Ooh. Tech to cover. Excuse me. No, Sorry. I didn't. Well, just barely. Just barely. We'll get to that though. That's. <laughs> Texas Tech released the week two depth chart. Spoiler alert, no changes, but that's not unusual for Tech to do that. Uh, Matt Wells said, even against an opponent like Steven F. Austin, we're not going to be like, we could move guys around on the offensive line. I don't see us doing that. I think that they want to get some more experience in at where they're at and keep going from there. So the, the trouble with looking up and previewing Stephen F. Austin is they don't play a lot of games on TV. In fact, this will be their first game on TV this year. And one of only two Their other game this year will be against Dixie state towards the end of the year. Also on a, on the WAC digital network.
2: There's enough of a draw for the Stephen F. Austin, Dixie state storied rivalry.
1: Which is a new rivalry because Stephen F. Austin is now playing in the in the WAC for football. They were in the s- Southland.
2: Think yeah, that for a well, that makes sense because they're <laughs> I did some quick math. I read one of the write-ups on the website, and um, you know, the first line is or the second line. It's the first WAC football game to be played for Tarleton. State, I believe, or uh, for uh, SFA in three thousand one hundred ninety-nine days. I'm like, what? What? What is that? What are they talking about? So that makes sense. So that was all. That's almost nine years.
1: Yeah, they went back to the whack. They also have like new new field surf at their stadium. Although that matters because they're playing in Lubbock. But um, they were. They did play Tarleton State last week. From some of the pictures on the website, difficult to tell who was who because they're both. Purple and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Boston did win 20 to 10. They, uh, they gave up 10 quick points to Tarleton state early. The first like touchdown, in the first quarter, a field goal in the second. And then SFA scored their 20 unanswered points. Interesting note for those that are paying attention to recruiting from several years ago, the signee from Oak cliff that never made it to Texas tech, JF Thomas, plays for Tarleton State. He caught their one touchdown that day. Anyways, well, I'm actually. assuming
2: we'll see him on Saturday.
1: No, no, no. So he he plays for Tarleton, not for Oh, SFA. he said Charlton.
2: Oh gosh. I'm telling you, the allergies have my head just just all messed up. I'm gonna blame it on that.
1: Yeah. So uh like like we kind of hinted at that they had a, a similar start to what Tech did. Like they they got down early, lost a fumble I think on their first or second drive um, that ended up being points for the other team. Tied the game in the third quarter, scored 20 unanswered. SFA, the Lumberjacks are led by Colby Carthel. His third year, he's from Friona, out here in West Texas. In his bio, I'm only including this because they included the names of his three sons. Oh, man, you got to love West these Texas. Are, these guys. are
2: fire. These are fire. Go
1: for it. Major. Bear and Stone. Those are killer names. That's just beautiful. I mean, the destined to
2: be I don't know, what what positions would they play in football? Something like Bear Bear's obviously gonna be a lineman.
1: That or like a linebacker or fullback?
2: I think Stone would be a fullback.
1: Major if, could well, you got to like,
2: find the right system. You got to find the right system. Do fullbacks exist anymore? We don't know. Except for sometimes tight in, ends, uh, sort of
1: Illinois, maybe. But they lost to UTSA yeah or Wisconsin S-A this weekend, maybe because they suck. Anyways, it's his third year. At SFA uh, won a, a national title with Texas A&M Commerce a couple of years ago. Um, not unexpectedly, their 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 roster is loaded with transfers from schools like Texas Tech, Baylor. Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, Hawaii, the Citadel, and then some of the more well known JUCOs Mississippi Gulf Coast, Butler, and Independence Community Colleges. Your offense is led by quarterback Trey Self. He's a senior, 6'4, 190, got that sticks look to him out of Butler. Last week, he went 18 for 26 for 212 yards in the touchdown, also carried the ball. 11 times, excuse me, for 56 yards. He's definitely more of a dual threat. He uh, he was their second leading rusher on the night. Running back, Miles Reed, senior 5'8, transfer from Hawaii, carried 19 times for 76 yards and a touchdown. Then Trey Self. Then Jakari Turner, pretty good size 5'11, 202, seven carries, 24 yards. And then Texas Tech transfer, still poking around down there. Daleon Ward. He's not listed as like a, like a fifth-year senior or whatever. He just listed as a graduate, I thought was interesting. Anyways.
2: Yeah, well, I, w- I wanted to throw out there, you know, how we were... I was bragging on our guys getting some awards. Trey Self was named the Whack Player of the Week. Uh, one of them anyway, the offensive player. And then there may be a little bit of a punter duel Of course, I hope hopefully won't see McNamara too much this Saturday, but uh, Max Quick, which is a real name, (laughs) fantastic. He's a punter though, so it's kind of you know you feel like he should be a cornerback or a a running back or something. But anyway, Max Quick, their punter, who's a redshirt junior from Lufkin, he um, he pinned the ball deep four times. 193 yards, so an average of 48.3 yards per punt. His long was 61. So yes, I'm talking about punting for like two minutes. But uh, you know, we might get a couple of punning duels this this uh, Saturday. So be on the lookout for Max Quick. I think Max te- Quick, tech awesome punter
1: name. Over under number of punts, tech kicks this weekend, two and a half. Ooh.
2: I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna. I had two in my head, so that's a good line. So I'm gonna go with. I'm. I'm taking the under on that. All right.
1: Now through the air, super balanced, right? Um, they had like eight receivers catch a pass. Nobody caught more than three um, against Tarleton State. Mo Wedman. I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. Six foot one ninety four led the pack. Three receptions, seventy two yards. Quinn Borders, 6'2", 180. Two catches for fifty. Xavier Gibson, that's a guy specifically Matt Wells called out that he's a, he's a player for them. 5'9", 170, three catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Jeremiah Miller, 6'2", 190, three catches, 31 yards. Daryl Simmons, 6'2", no weight given, two receptions, 15 yards. And they had a couple of running backs catch a couple of passes. So when the ball is going through the air, they're not going after one guy like you saw Texas Tech do this past weekend. <laughs> Although to be fair, when you only run 52 plays, it's not you're not going to get a lot of opportunity to spread the ball around all that much.
2: Well, Texas Tech probably won't get to do that quite as much. um I think that's Ezekama's name is. Yeah, everybody's going to know who he is, and who they need to put on him if they need to put a couple people on him. I think the names we need to start looking out for Geiger. And Price and a couple of the other guys to to try to. I, I think it's just we've still got a, a good group of receivers. Even if Ezukama does get, I'm not going to say shut down because I think he can compete with anybody in the country, possibly two people, and outdo them and get the ball anyway.
1: Yeah, and not that I don't want to see Ezukama do well, I want to see Geiger be the leading receiver this weekend, just because. Sure. Sure, just
2: just to just to say that he can, yeah, and well, you know, you just like to see. <laughs> you don't want anyone to not do well because it's super fun to watch comma play and just manhandle the ball um, over people's heads and around them, and you know, pull the chair from under and make them fall down. But um, you know, it'd be cool to get to see some of the other wide receivers, get to see how good they are as well.
1: Yeah, for sure, the SFA defense. Their head coach is a, was a former defensive coordinator. Gave up 304 yards, 234 through the air. So that's against Tarleton State.
2: It's not a lot of yards, though. I mean, I guess 234 in the air kind of is.
1: But that's against similar competition. Yeah. I want to double that. Oh. I want to double the total yards. Not, I don't want to double the passing yards. I don't want to get to 500 passing yards. No, I want to get to 300. Passing 250 rushing. I could live with that. If so speaking Thompson, of rushing, I'm about to say, if Saraji Thompson is going back, to be carrying it, yeah, I want to see him a handful of carries. We don't need to, to, to break him in here, just just knock the rust off. Obviously, Brooks is really good. I want to see Xavier White carry the ball more times. Um, and then Chadarius Townsend, like, I feel like given the opportunity with a good line in front of him, he could be really dangerous. But by the time he he's playing, the line he's playing behind is not super great.
2: I almost feel like there's something we don't know about Thompson because on paper and every, you know, what little we've gotten to see of him in a tech uniform, I want to see more of it. Uh, I want to see him out there. I want him in the rotation more. But, but you know, why, Who, why force it in? Yeah, why force it in when Brooks is running for 135 yards and, you know, breaking for 40 yards a couple times. Why force somebody into the rotation if you've got a if you got somebody doing well?
1: Yeah. So, gambling Gaucho said 34 and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm I my score prediction this weekend. And maybe if I'm saying you're putting up 600 yards, you get more points than this. But maybe there's a special teams short field there, or a turnover that gets you a short field or some points there. But I'm I'm gonna say fifty-two to ten gets you a forty-two Spencer. point spread. Spencer. So I'm taking Texas Tech to cover thirty-four and a half.
2: Yeah, you would cover a forty-one and a half <laughs> line with that. So the fifty-two is interesting to me because in the Matt Wells era the Red Raiders have only scored over 50 once and they lost. And that was in the loss against Texas last year. So tech hasn't scored over 50 in a win since the Houston game, oddly enough of 2018. Right. So you're, you're, you're going for it though. 52 to 10,
1: but this is probably your worst competition you've played under Matt Wells. Okay.
2: That's probably fair.
1: No, no, I mean, you played Lamar seventy-seven-zero. 0 No, that was Kingsbury. That was Kingsbury's last year.
2: Yeah, and that was the it's week, week weird, before Houston.
1: That weird crossover where like Bowman was there for both. Yes. That was,
2: I, I was a Bowman. Bowman's stats were, <laughs> they were drastically increased from that Lamar and that Houston game.
1: But yeah. Okay. 52-10. Um, maybe they, they get a touchdown later in the game. Uh, they being Stephen of Boston.
2: I'm going, and even though I just chastised myself for not believing in tech enough with my Houston prediction, but I'm not going to have tech covering here. And it, but it's still a really good sounding score to me, forty-five to thirteen, which is that means you got you got 32. a field goal in there. Yeah, you got six six touchdowns in there. Uh, you know, you held you held Stephen F. Austin to one touchdown, which might be. Something in the fourth quarter held him to two field goals, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm not predicting an upset or anything beyond that. But I mean, 34 and a half, this offense, although it did really look promising under Cumbie, I really liked the balanced attack. I like how he was really spreading out the field. If there was a screen pass, I don't remember it because it may have actually made sense when he called it. So it wasn't like a (laughs) hammered, it didn't it didn't
1: it didn't stick out like what what are we doing?
2: Yeah, it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth or anything. So I, I honestly don't really remember that, but he just stretched the field, which is evident to having a wide receiver play one game and have the most yards out of any wide receiver in the country. So he's he's gonna to try to throw the ball. Uh, I feel like I haven't talked as much as I should about Shuck. I you know, he just stepped in. Made some great throws. I wish he'd get rid of the ball a little faster if the pressure's coming and it's obvious he's going to get sacked. Because well, so, that may happen. If, if Houston was able to get to him as much as they did, then it's probably going to happen in Big 12 play. But um, he looked, that's really about my only knock on him.
1: So one of the things I, I noticed early on is that whether, the, whether it was the pass rush or whatever that Houston was able to generate, Shuck did get rid of the ball very quickly. And that limited how how long plays could develop. Like he, he, there weren't a lot of deep shots, especially early on, because Shuck didn't have a lot of time to look downfield or let a guy get downfield. I think that'll definitely change this weekend. I think he'll have more time. Not that I think Cumbie's going to be trying to run the score up on on anybody. And there may be like fifty-two, maybe a lot of points for. A game where you rush for two hundred and fifty yards. But anyways.
2: <laughs> well hopefully hopefully you guys will still be awake and excited and ready to talk football about 30 minutes after kickoff, because we will be on Spotify Green Room again. We had quite a few guys, at least by my standards, tune in and really enjoyed having people on there. Um, hope you enjoyed the show and as you know, or as you're learning, because this is kind of a new for all of us. If you want to say something, you can quote unquote, hold your hand and we can bring you up to the stage and we'll, we'll try to be a little bit better about offering people time to, uh, to do that and get in on the discussion. Cause we're all new to this too. But anyway, it's, it's a great platform. You can, uh, talk about sports. You can talk about anything. It's live. Uh, you can talk to other fans. Insiders in real time. Uh, I keep getting notifications about real crime podcasts that are true crime podcasts that are apparently going alive right when we record on Tuesdays. But anyway, you can get in on the conversation that you listen to here every day and can, and um, you, this is your chance to be featured on the 23 personal podcast. So the way you do this, download the Spotify green room app free. It's in iOS and Google play, create a profile, link your Twitter if you'd like, You can join our group. I don't know if we really have a group set up, but you can follow me, Michael McDonald, or Spencer Rogers, and you'll be notified when we go live. We'll be going live after every game, roughly 30 minutes after kickoff, and we'll try to keep y'all updated and tweet out the link just in case uh, you haven't signed up yet.
1: Yeah, for sure, because that link will take you right to our room. I think that's something that they fixed. So we'll start the room, and then we'll share the link real quick. Um but yeah, you just join, you can either like like Michael said just listen or raise your hand, we'll invite you up, give your thoughts. Either way, man, excited to do that. Uh and if that's not your thing, you don't want to you don't want to listen to us in your post game, you want to listen to Brian Jensen break it down for you. We release the same the recording as our post game show in our normal podcast feeds. So, you can still listen yeah, to just us. Just like
2: we've always done. The instant reaction will still be available to download. Yeah.
1: Even if, if you don't join us live, it'll still be available for you the next day. All right. We will look at some big 12 games this week, starting with Kansas on Friday, making the trip out to coastal Carolina, huge line, Michael, 25 and a half. When, when I put the notes together, I haven't updated it. I don't really care. Cause I think it'll continue to grow. I think coastal covers. You really do. I, We're talking about four touchdowns.
2: I know, and Kansas just they could not They,
1: they struggle took with some South last Dakota heroics. South <laughs> of Dakota and they rushed the field beating an FCS team. I I don't hate that. Um, I mean enjoy it, guys, whatever. But Sure. Bask in the glory. You're I, not I hanging I would, with you,
2: you know, normally we'd say act like you've been there before, but I don't know if they have. They haven't been there very
1: well, Much. they did beat Texas a few years ago. Let's not forget that. I think that was in Austin. No, 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 wasn't I, it? No, no, it, it was at home. Oh, okay,
2: okay, it was at home. <laughs> well, they were. This, this is a whole new uh, class of students now. Um, I call me crazy. I would take Kansas on this. It is a big line. I will it's give a you big that. line
1: we'll give you that but
2: you know it's if, especially if it moved more I would definitely lean more on Kansas but I think I think coastal Carolina I don't know if they'll cover the 25
1: and a half all right Tulsa at Oklahoma State Tulsa do, do they they either struggled to a, a not good team and won or they were beaten by a not good team but Oklahoma State at home is only a 13 and a half point favorite. Where are you at on that, Michael? I'm looking
2: it up. Tulsa. Let's see. They beat. No, they lost to UC Davis, UC Davis, 17 to 19
1: at home. Yeah. UC Davis.
2: I'm taking, I'm taking the pokes. I'm taking the pokes to cover.
1: Yeah, that, that feels disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I would think um, Spencer Sanders is back. I don't know what the, what the quarantine COVID protocols are at this point. I, I believe that's why he was held out last week. They played with Illinghouse, their backup. They also struggled. I mean, with their backup, they like, beat Missouri State by one touchdown. Well, that's not good. But I still think... Maybe it's a 17 to, or 20-point game for Oklahoma State. Well, so I'll go with Yeah, you.
2: and it's a home game. Of course, Missouri State was too, but and that Tulsa game last year, I think was pretty close. I, uh, I'm still going to go with the pokes.
1: Cal at TCU. wines are big, big fan of, uh, of TCU. T, uh, TCU, the Horned Frogs are a home favorite, 10 and a half.
2: I think I might take Cal just as a hater pick. I don't think TCU is going to cover that. Yeah. They won what 45 to nothing against Duquesne.
1: So it was 45 to three and it was at 42 point line that you said, like, I guess, uh, who, whatever service you looked at had them winning by 42 points. I think that was the exact score was 45 to nothing or 42 to nothing was their score prediction. And they ended up 45 to three, which is still the 42 points. But yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like TCU that much. Uh, I don't know nothing about Cal. So give me Cal to cover
2: because I don't like. I'm taking products. Cal to cover too. And TCU, did you know this, that Duquesne, um, I don't know who offered it or what, but the, the two quarters in the second half were 12 minute quarters.
1: Were they also like running clock or they just shortened it? I don't know about that.
2: I don't know if they were running clock or not. They might've been, I wouldn't be surprised, but I know that they did shorten the quarter
1: length to 12. That's wild. Yes. Iowa at Iowa State, future Big Ten conference game. Iowa State, home favorite by three and a half. Iowa last week, though, was impressive. They, uh, I read. They Sorry, dismantled Indiana 34 to six.
2: I read that this is the first time this game has ever been a matchup between two top ten teams.
1: I, I wouldn't doubt it because they're not usually good. Either I'm taking Iowa though. Yeah. Me, me too. Uh, give me Iowa. Not, a, not, not not just to cover, but to win this. I mean, I was just had their number. Oh gosh. Let's just punch them. The microphone here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I get Iowa state, like you can't really look at last week. Cause they always struggled their first week. They're always slow. They, they went to two overtimes against Northern Iowa a couple of years ago. I still think Iowa state is good. I just don't think, like, I think Iowa's better. Just put it that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, Iowa is on a five game win streak right now.
1: Texas is a touchdown favorite on the road at Arkansas. That's not nearly enough. I think, I think Texas is going to cover that, and I think, pretty easily.
2: I think so too. Arkansas, did they win
1: a game last year? If they did, it was against a nobody.
2: Yeah, I I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Longhorns and like to shade them every chance I get. But, yeah, I think Texas will cover here. They, unfortunately for me, looked pretty impressive against the Raging Cajuns. Uh, A lot better outcome there than I was predicting, which was a loss. (laughs) It 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 was just a total homer sports hate loss that I was predicting. But I I truly did think that they would have trouble covering that even if they did win. I think the spread was eight and a half or something. Yeah, that was not an issue. It seemed very like a pedestrian, mundane day at the office win for the Longhorns, which is, if you're a Longhorns fan, that's exactly what you want. And they looked pretty good doing it. So, yeah, taking them at six and a half to take down the... What are they? Razor, razor hogs, pigs, hog no,
1: <laughs> You can be all right over there. I'm dying, man. And then you gotta, <laughs> that's too good. Okay. And you got a handful of games that won't have a line, at least not for a while because they're playing nobody's West Virginia versus long Island, whatever it is. Give me what, oh, no, we'll just do money line, which is easiest because it's just what we have. West Virginia versus versus Long Island, Oklahoma versus Western Carolina. I don't even have heard of them before. I haven't. Kansas state is hosting Southern Illinois. Is that a, is that where Tony Romo went to school? Ooh, no, I don't. Well, was it maybe? Yeah. He attended. No, Eastern Eastern Illinois. Illinois. My goodness. I got one direction off. Kansas State, you. Southern Illinois, Baylor versus Texas Southern. I didn't even know Texas Southern had a football team. Baseball, they're terrible. And then Texas Tech, Stephen at Boston, give me the Big 12 to go. A perfect. What is that? 5-0 in those games? Sure. And then last one is the bonus game that we're going to pick. Texas State on the road at Florida International. Ooh. Florida International is a one-point favorite at home. Getting no respect at home
2: after that whooping they gave on the uh, on Long Island. Yeah, forty-eight to ten. There's no love versus the Bobcats. I am going to take the Bobcats on this one, which is
1: Texas State because Florida International are the Panthers. Cat oh, I like on, that. Cat on cat. Crime here. Yeah, so we'll actually have
2: hopefully a little bit more to preview next week with the Florida International game as both of their games I believe will be televised. I haven't double checked the Texas State one, but I know I, I stumbled in and watched a little bit of their game against Long
1: Island. Probably still going to be on like ESPN plus, but they're sure. in Conference USA. That's not like they're they're piddling down there in some kind of uh FCS land. Yeah. You know, I want to see an undefeated Florida International. So give me them to win and to cover that one point. Oh, man. So you're wanting 2-0. and o- Well,
2: yeah, 2-0 and o Florida International headed to Lubbock, Texas.
1: They play in, I, I, didn't, I didn't know FIU was in Miami.
0: Hmm. thought
1: they were in like, I don't know, some other, some other Florida city.
2: I'm surprised they're not in Guam or something to to be international. Whereas Guam, no, Guam's U.S. territory. Good one. What do you get? Well, I guess it's kind of the same way that Preston Smith International Airport is considered an international airport because we connect to Dallas.
1: Same way the Hobbs
2: Yeah, we're international as long as you um, fly to Dallas first.
1: No, it's even worse. Hobbs is considered international. They fly one location. They go Hobbs to Houston <laughs> <laughs> from here to anywhere is what they say. No, no, no. It's from here to Houston. And then you can go anywhere. I think they make well, a, makes a hobby Hobbs to hobby. All right. In record time, Michael, let's get to questions. Okay. Let's do it, man.
0: Now, are these really the questions that I was
1: called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy.
2: Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the
0: teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. To you them. want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
1: All right. So, Michael, you mm-hmm. tweeted out the question this week. One, you asked for people to give their final thoughts on Houston, but you also asked for. I, I, it's not loading for me. I can't. No, I don't. Don't remember. If it was favorite or best Gatorade flavor.
2: Oh yeah, just your favorite Gatorade flavor. Favorite. I don't, okay. I don't know what made me think of that. And I sh- we got a little bit of interaction, but I really should send these out more than thirty minutes before we record. So note to self, I'll keep trying to do that. But yeah, um we did get I just wanted to throw this out there before we get started. Frost Gatorade is the best. Oh. It doesn't matter what flavor it is. I don't That's even know what flavor. their flavors are called. That is the I don't know what their flavor. Is. There's purple, there's blue, there's light blue. <laughs> I think those are the I think there's a white one. Yeah, they're well, fine.
1: They I don't know the the nondescript color to name naming convention that they have it it it's it's not for me right like like Alpine Blast or Frost anything because that doesn't mean anything. They're usually yeah, some does. kind of light color, but it doesn't that doesn't tell me the flavor I'm gonna anyways.
2: Well, but they have the flavor the F- Riptide Rush or something is one of That's them. That's not a flavor. Sure, it is. <laughs> don't you? I mean, have you have you never have you never tapped the Rockies? Have you ever have you never been on a on a raft down a river? That's just what it tastes like, man. It's just that adrenaline rush. Yeah, Riptide Rush is the purple one. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the Frost. Oh man, I just love them. I love them all. I don't care what they're called. Um, it does not matter to me. But they're all delicious. And so the only response we got about Gatorade was someone chiming in that um, the best Gatorade flavor, and this was from Aaron Fellers at the Aaron Fellers. Best Gatorade flavor is yellow. I feel like this is a slam dunk. And you know what? He is exactly right because I will... My love for the frost flavors just knows no bounds. But I will concede that when it comes to just regular original formula Gatorade, you know, versus fruit punch or cool blue, which cool blue is pretty good. All these other ones. The lemon lime yellow. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard to beat, man. I've got, I've got an eight pack of it sitting on my counter right now because the reason I thought of this question at all is because there's been almost like a Gatorade shortage. Have you noticed this?
1: No, I don't. I'm not usually shopping for Gator. I, I think I did the other week. But it was for something specific i think it may have been like our baseball post-season party i was looking for something Sports. we're having trouble finding it man anyways
2: so also my wife just was like well this is what they had it was the yellow and i was like that's perfect that's great so yeah just money where mouth is there's my eight pack of lemon lime gatorade sitting here but yeah uh what are your favorites? Do you have a favorite? Do you like the G2? Do you like the Zero? We got Zero a week ago um, because that was all they had. <laughs> and Zero Lemon Lime wasn't bad. It was okay. But the regular Lemon Lime is is so much better.
1: If it's not Lemon Lime, it's got to be Orange.
2: For me, oh, orange. I don't, I don't, orange is one I've never really dabbled in. I don't like
1: Fruit Punch. Um, th- those... That was the only one I liked when I was younger. Uh, and then like the light blue, (laughs) okay. All the blue ones. Great. So here's, here's what's, what's funny. I'm on the Gatorade website. One, they have like eight different categories of drink product. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not helpful Two, And frost is the best. You can't find like their, their, their flavors. Okay. Maybe I just did. And there's like a, there's frost. There's fierce. I don't don't like the fierce.
2: Um, Fierce is too much. Fierce needs to be watered down or something.
1: Yeah. It's like a concert. Okay. They, they've got it. Okay. I'm stupid. I found the flavors. Let's go through them together really quickly. Cause it's stupid. <laughs> fierce, intense, blue, cherry, cool, blue, fierce, intense, grape, frost. I can't read He's, that. I, he had to glacier, like, cherry, hold, hold. glacier, cherry. <laughs> glacier cherry. And of course it's white because Jerry's yes, that's one of my, is, that's one of the best ones because f- cherry's white frost yes. glacier freeze. What does that mean? That's not a flavor.
2: Of course it is. It's just refreshment. It's refreshment in a bottle
1: frost. icy charge. Mm-hmm. Frost better than
2: icy discharge way fr- better than icy discharge
1: <laughs> frost Arctic blitz. Tropical just, cooler is green. So we've gone, this is, it's organized by like a color gradient. We started with blue It went through purple. Now we're in greens. Lime cucumber pass fierce green apple pass lemon lime. Okay. Hit me up with that. <laughs> Citrus cooler. No tropical Ooh. mango. No strawberry watermelon. Maybe fierce strawberry, 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 raspberry, I would drink that. No one, all the strawberries fruit punch, no. fierce fruit punch plus berry, and then orange. So one, you know, I'm ridiculous. overlooking
2: orange. Orange is solid. Yeah. That's a really good one.
1: It's ridiculous. how like some, while their names have no connection to the actual flavor or what the flavor is made of, I don't care if it's like a mix. Tell me it's a mix of whatever. Anyways. Um, and then the other person that replied to us, not about Gatorade though, Peter Puente He said guilty as charged for the first quarter, claiming how bad the defense sucked. My bro had to tell me to relax since early and boy, did I change after half halftime got me excited for the season. Oh, and I broke the old guys shouldn't wear Jersey rule. He sent a picture of himself wearing a Mahomes Jersey. Thanks, so that's a tech Jersey too, right? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. He's wearing a, with Mahomes, a second number five. Oh, throwing, man, throwing the guns up. Got
2: the guns up. Yeah, it's it's got his name on the back. So I wonder if was that a custom. Was that a custom deal, Peter? Man, that's pretty. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Can I you, like that. Now, and and you know, I'm not a jersey person, but I'm also not a an old guys shouldn't wear jerseys rule guy. It's, especially if you're going to and or watching the team of which the jersey yeah you know if like if it's thursday in in um june and you're shopping at
1: united maybe maybe leave the pat mahomes jersey at home then no but, always wear the pat mahomes jersey <laughs> but don't walk around with like the dak prescott jersey in april <laughs> okay okay that's fair enough
2: but but yeah that's that that would be kind of my only thing is Okay, sure. If you're younger, you can get you can get away with it more more places and more often. But the older you get, if you're wearing it to a game or you're like at a sports bar and you're wearing it, fair game, man. Yeah, for sure. Even though I don't have one, but I'm I'm pro Jersey. I have I I will run on that I will run on that campaign and I will I will get elected and I will be pro Jersey and I will also be pro denim shorts again. And I am just ready for us to get back to jorts and jerseys
1: shorts and jerseys so i i own only a couple of jerseys and it's from when i was much much younger i was in grade school i was a big fan of the denver broncos oh Oh, yeah that
2: was elway's time and stuff wasn't
1: it yes so i had a shannon sharp jersey was my first one love it uh and then i had a ed mccaffrey and a rod smith those are all well two receivers and are some deep cuts sort of (laughs) Well, if, if, if you're all familiar with, uh, McCaffrey, his son, Christian, was it Christian McCaffrey that was a running back for Stanford? Now he plays for the Panthers. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, it is. He's got another son playing football. Rod Smith, definitely like third string, <laughs> third best receiver. Big fan though. Uh, but I also couldn't afford John Elway or Terrell Davis.
2: I didn't want to say that because I immediately was like, oh, well, maybe these were the more affordable options because I know how expensive jerseys are, which is one of the reasons i never had one.
1: But yeah, so I've got the two, the um, Shannon Sharp, Rod Smith are, are the navy in orange and the Ed uh, McCaffrey is the, the road whites. Oh, oh so man.
2: Nice. Denver has some of the best uniforms and the best color combos. For sure. In the NFL. It just maybe in football, period it's just such a nice good look and no one really you know maybe i'm I'm sure i'm missing somebody aside from maybe syracuse or something no one else really tries to copy them you feel like there would be more people that would attempt a blue and orange
1: illinois you don't see it that much yeah they're they're oranges and like it's got more of like a a red tint to it
2: it just looks so good It just seems like every school would be trying to go illinois or i mean go with uh some sort of blue and orange
1: yeah all right so i was uh i was i got ahead of myself when i said we're we're getting to the questions at record time because now we're just about at our normal time we're gonna wrap this up with what we learned what do we learn palmer i don't know sir i don't, I don't know either all right so i want to start off had we hadn't talked about because at the time that we recorded last week, it hadn't happened yet. And then we just didn't, I just didn't talk about in the post game. I broke a toe on Friday, last Friday. Eesh. Yes. And he sent a photo. Yeah, <sighs> I did. I also sent a uh, a reference photo of what the foot looked like before. Like, here's my left foot. This is how the toes are supposed to be pointing. Here's my right foot. So what, yeah, what happened? That was helpful. Uh, Friday. <laughs> Friday. Uh, it's not. It's Okay. To be fair, it's, I broke my pinky toe and I was lunging to catch my son. He was on a little play slide and he was going off the backside of it. I just lunged to catch him, kicked the, the end of the slide in the process. Looked down. So I I caught him. I looked and I was like, yep, that's pointing the wrong direction. <laughs> oh. uh, and did course, you hear a pop or anything? Well, I, I kicked the slide so dang hard. I, I so just, I just heard the yeah. slide. I didn't, I didn't hear it or feel anything. Um, Samantha w- works from home most Like She's worked from home like three feet away, but on the phone with her boss while this is happening. And I'm like, <laughs> like trying not to be yelling. Um, and then I'm like, Samantha, just like tell you gotta get off the phone. <laughs> she's like, uh, we got an emergency going on right now. Let me call you back. Anyways. Okay. So Friday after lunch, we were planning on going to Dallas this weekend, but we we're going to go to a nephew's birthday party and then go to the zoo. It was like, I'm not walking the zoo on half a foot. Um, we ended up going, I, I went to urgent care Friday afternoon. The doctor's like, she, she looks down and like, so which one is it? I was like my right <laughs> foot where the toes aren't all pointing the same direction. And she starts with my big toe and like, she's mashing down at the base of the toe where it meets the foot. It's like, nope, it's not that one. And she works down my foot the, was the she doing mid- them this little piggies or something basically the middle and the neck the toe next to it like the third and fourth were a little sore i guess i also kicked that if if you see my foot now there's a huge bruise starting with my middle toe third toe work all the way out of the side and then she mashes down on my pinky i was like i don't think it's really oh, broken i was like yep that's the one you found it she's like well ma'am well i don't i don't know i It doesn't feel broken, but I'm going to send you downstairs to get an x-ray. I was like, okay, well, if it's not broken, it's dislocated, right? Because it's not pointing the right direction. We wait for x-rays, radiologists to read it, to submit their findings, and then send it back to the doctor that ordered it. It's all in the same building, right? But we just kind of wait Mm -hmm. for them. It's all right there. Yeah. Convenient. By the time I get done with this, it's 5.05 on a Friday afternoon on a holiday weekend. <laughs> she wrote me an order for a walking boot. I was like, is this even open? She's like, I don't know. <sighs> <Great. laughs> I called them. Yes, they're open until five 30. They're across. So you ran down. over there as fast as you could. They're across town from where I was. No, here's the thing. Samantha dropped me off. She had to get back to work because there was, a, she had to spend so much time away from the desk taking care of me. She's like, I don't want to work super late tonight. So I got to go back. So she dropped me off. So I had to wait for her to come back anyway. I was like, well, we're not gonna make that. I was like, are you open this week? He was like, no, we don't open again until Tuesday. I was like, oh my gosh. The doctor told me when she got the results, said, Oh yeah, it's broken. Like, I'm gonna have the orthopedic surgeon who's like next clinic down from her in this building. I'm gonna have him look at it. And if they want to see you, they'll call you on Tuesday. It's like great. So I missed getting into the boot. I thought I really needed it. I mean, the flip-flops, which I wore basically all weekend. Even to church, Michael, I am not a flip-flops at church person. I've never done it. I felt so strange. I, I had to try to coordinate with khakis and like a blue blazer, like a sports jacket. Didn't work. But I was like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not jamming this foot because the toe, like it's just the toe box on dress shoes is a little tighter. And I don't want it to get like it. Anyways, that would almost
2: make me more nervous to have it cuz i'm pretty sure i broke my pinky toe in high school i snagged it on the a, a bed leg and kind of had the same thing you're describing and it still kind of looks different from my other one you know 20 something years later but that that was what freaked me out the most was that was when luckily those um oh those leather sandals that you slip in that were i can't even describe them they, they covered your foot. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like they covered your foot and they had the little strap in the back, um, but they didn't cover your toes, if that makes any sense. So it like was like an
1: open-toed leather version of a Croc.
2: Yes. And they were kind of, it was braided leather? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, I need to I need to find this. This is such a late 90s thing. I don't think I've seen anyone wear this. So that was all that I would let myself wear after I hurt my toe because I was more worried about... Snagging it again, or someone else stepping oh, on sure. it, or something. You know, if th- this, I felt better than flip flops, but also I did not want to shove that thing in a tennis shoe yet either. Mm-hmm. So
1: I can sympathize with you there. But yeah, so like right now, no, like I don't, I don't really want the orthopedic surgeons coming. Like, you want surgery? Do you want, like you want to put pins in this thing? It's like no, <laughs> no, I want, I want you to give me like a popsicle stick to bite down on. You pull this thing straight and then tape it, <laughs> and send me home. Because right now it's like it's like when, when you bite your lip and like it it, it gets swollen <laughs> enough that you just keep biting it
2: I got that on the inside of my lip right now.
1: My toe is sticking out just enough I will catch this thing on something else, and if it heals this way, I will continue to catch it <sighs> anyway, so that's why I learned yeah let me, go, always, let me go to what
2: I learned because always I, I can't talk about your, your your funky toe anymore
1: Well just that something like this always happens on a Friday afternoon, or a holiday weekend, or both. <laughs> yes, hundred percent true. Ruins your travel plans. Just hobbling around, walking on like half a foot, trying not to flex. Anyways, speaking
2: of flex, you flexed by showing up to the radio show on Saturday morning like a trooper.
1: I was excited to be able to get to that show. I was like, I, I was, yeah. I'll just say, I was excited to be able to, to make it. We, I wasn't going to if we hadn't continued with our plans to travel, but we didn't. Well, we were glad to have you and. It's fun. What I learned this week is that
2: I went to my daughter's first ever soccer practice. Now she did soccer camp at tech this summer. Um, and you know, last year we really wanted to try to get her into soccer last year when she was three, but you know, COVID. So she's just getting into it now. She's four. She'll be five in December.
1: It probably would have been better to not start her last year anyways because three-year-old soccer is probably pretty rough
2: yeah but she she started she had her first practice her team name is is the queen bees it's fantastic my wife read me all of the names of the teams in her league and they're all equally adorable um i think there's the pink princesses which is wow i mean it's just yeah there's a lot of oh and then there's the valkyries like there's all these names like this. I think there's the honeybees and the queen bees. And then the the pink princesses. And I can't remember what the other ones were. But then there's And the Valkyries. <laughs> You're just kind of like, oh Are they gonna come out to Metallica or something? No to play Wagner. inner sandman
1: for them. Yeah. Do,
2: do, 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 so anyway, do, do,
1: do, do. I learned that
2: um I was I was that really nervous dad at the practice because there were times she just wasn't doing what the coach asked her to do. And I'm just over here beside myself like, why isn't she listening? She needs to listen to the coach. She's going to do it. You know, and, and she's like forcing the coach to really work with her. And I'm like, does she just want attention? I was just completely overdoing it. And my wife was like, calm down. This is practice one of a four-year-old <laughs> learning how to play soccer. So I say all that to say that I am about to embrace the soccer dad life. Unfortunately, her games are mostly during the radio shows on Saturday, but there might be a couple of times I have to skip, skip a little early to make a, a, a a noon. What do you even call them? Kickoff? It's not kickoff. First touch. First, first touch. First touch. So, uh, she has one more practice this week, this Thursday. And then she has her first game, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. So I'm pretty excited to see how all that goes. So
1: she has two practices and then games. (laughs) Yes. I mean, not that they're like super defined positions or plays or strategies for four-year-old soccer. I get that. So like maybe maybe practicing more than twice is irrelevant. That feels awfully fast.
2: (laughs) Well, because they get, you know, when they do the scrimmage, the scrimmage part. Now the drills. My daughter's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll do some of this stuff. But when they do the scrimmage part, she, everyone seems to know what's going on. You know, they they know. Okay, your goal is that one. Their goal is this one. Try to get it there. Now her degree of interest varies. Sure. So yeah. A lot of times she's like cheering, cheering on people and like waving them, like. <laughs> Like her teammate will have the ball and she's like, yeah, come this way, come this way to the goal. And then she like gets out of the way and just stands and watches. You know, She's like, really, she's into it and she's excited, but she doesn't necessarily feel the need to participate by kicking it herself.
1: She wanted a closer seat to the action.
2: That's really it. She wanted to be on the field. She, she's like, where can I get the best seats for soccer? You know what? I'll just be on the team. But she's That's legit awesome. excited and into it. So I think it's about the right age to where the games will actually kind of make sense and have a flow, but I don't know a lot about soccer. I've actually finally taken on tech, uh, tech soccer this year, which has been a lot of fun. So I'm learning as much as I can about it, even though she's four, cause I don't want to be that dad. That's doesn't know the rules and is just hey,
1: wondering like, well, why did they, why aren't they playing my kid? You're <laughs> like screaming, Hey, that's off sides. <laughs> <laughs> and the referee's like, "Yeah, that, that,
2: that goal's unattended, man. You can't do that. That girl touched it with her hands.
1: Handball. Where's the ref? Did you not see that?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm anyway, also like, I'm, I'm both glad that Hayden will be one of the older kids in his grade slash age groups for for sports because of the cutoff usually September first. Mm-hmm. His birthday is in, like he'll be one here in a couple weeks. Whereas Grayson... Oh my gosh, he will be one. Yeah, he'll be like... September, September 19th, he'll turn one. Uh, Whereas Grayson was born middle of August, so complete opposite. Like, he is the youngest of everything. Yeah. But that also means I have to wait almost a full extra year before he can start baseball. And I don't like it. Yeah, December's kind of one of those happy
2: mediums. I feel pretty good about that. Because she can, you know... She'll turn five while she's in preschool, you know, while she's in there quite a bit. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I got a glimpse of myself watching her at practice and getting super anxious. And she's four, and that was her practice. <laughs> I know, and I'm just like, Oh, I wish she would listen to her coach, and, and and you know, I mean, blah blah blah. That's gonna be my whole thing is I don't want to be the dad that's. Listen, like, listen to me instead of your coach. I'm going to be preaching to listen to your coach. I'm going to be that dad. That's what I tell myself. Until until the coach starts telling him to do dumb stuff. And then I'm going to be like, well, hold on. Well, what you should probably do is is this. But I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I probably won't do that. So anyway, I, I'm, already, up, up the, I'm up seeing side. it and I can't stand it. <laughs> I did not expect it to happen this fast to me. And I hope that I can just enjoy it because that's what I need to do. I mean, I need, as long as she's enjoying it, I need to enjoy it. And that's that. So I'm talking myself up.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. That'll do it for this, for us this week on the 23 personal podcast. As we get you ready for the first home game of the season for Texas Tech hosts, the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjack, Saturday, 6 p.m. Jones, AT&T Stadium. If you have any tickets, they're still available. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time.